Welcome to Growing the Game, the only lacrosse podcast dedicated to having the conversations that nobody else is having. But wait, there's more. That's right. You'll hear from world-class players, coaches, and people who just have a genuine passion for growing the game of lacrosse. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show, Growing the Game. Holla, holla, holla. We're back. Holla, holla. Alex Kenyon here with Vernon Foster, Vonner, Vernon, the Vernon Foster, famous Vernon, famous Vernon, Vernon. What are we talking about today? We're talking about the merger. What's that? What, what, what do you mean? Uh, the Wall Street merger. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> the PLL and MLL merger. Big news uh, happened as of this recording, just about six weeks ago. And uh, obviously wanted to address it because it's big news in the uh, the world of lacrosse and what it means moving forward. And just kind of wanted to give you guys some opinions from from two guys, two avid fans and former players, and um, kind of what it means for for growing the game. Kind of why we why we created this pod and 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 you know how that how that helps us with with the with the sport you know just getting it to a wider audience and, and you know kind of keep moving the ball forward so um as far as you know the the whole deal i think probably happened maybe a little faster than i thought i i kind of saw the writing on the wall frankly with with mll and um i i thought something was going to have to happen at some point yeah and yep. um frankly i'm a little uh maybe a little surprised that it happened this quickly uh i was thinking maybe uh, a couple of years out but uh what, what do you think vernon yeah i i'd agree i i think it was uh sooner than anticipated i think we talked about this in one of our episodes before that will air probably after this if we didn't talk about it in the very first episode i can't remember <laughs> it's been so long yeah. since we recorded but yep. yeah i would say that uh you know the the kind of writing was on the wall as you as you said and kind of doing some deep dive and and looking into you know kind of like other people who've been you know doing like more in-depth coverage of of the sport and the merger like the the early stages and the early beginnings of the PLL was um you know the 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 look was to acquire um, in some capacity, the MLL, I believe. Yeah. So, um, if you guys haven't already, definitely recommend checking out the, um, interview with, uh, Mike Rabel, the, um, PLL, we'll, we'll put a link to it in, in the show notes, but obviously gives a, a little bit more of a background and, and what Mike Rabel shared is that he, um, you know, th there was movement, you know, even years ago about, trying to acquire the MLL or trying to make a shift back then. And basically, you know, there were some, uh, you know, he basically got laughed at and told no a lot, which, which is great. And you just keep pushing forward. So out of that, they basically said, well, let's kind of create our, create this deal. And, and that's kind of where the PLL came from. So ultimately I, I, I think right off the bat, I think it's the right move. I think that, the direction that the PLL was going with, with bringing the sport more 
more mainstream yep. with, uh, you know, we've talked about in the past as far as, you know, where, where and how it's airing and, uh, the markets that they're trying to do and how fluid the, 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 the model is. And, um, you know, down to miking up the players during the game, you know, just, just little tweaks like that, not to mention the, the social media. So I think, um, you know, this, this could be a situation where it's, you know, one step back, two steps forward. I, I, I think just from a high level situation, I think that's the, I, that's the, the positive of this. Now, um, I wanted to go over what I think are some, some pros and cons of, of this move. And, uh, addressing some of the cons, I think the easy ones to see obviously are the fact that, you know, when you don't acquire every single franchise or have them, you know, be part of the PLL, um, that you're going to have some, you know, attrition, there's, um, players and staff and, and employees that are, you know, unfortunately looking for, um, other terms of uh, other means of employment. So obviously that's, that's unfortunate. It's, it's to be expected with something like this, um, regardless of the industry. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I will address, I think, you know, we're, we're all calling it PLL MLL merger. I think I saw a comment on, on some, some post somewhere, somebody said, voiced their opinion that said this was a, uh, Hostile takeover. Hostile takeover. Hostile takeover. Um, Run the jewels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give Gecko me the bag. style. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wall Street style. So, but I, I mean, the bottom line is, you know, um, with some of the more established franchises, I mean, I'm I'm in Denver, so right off the bat, you've got the outlaws, outlaws. that have been there for a long time, a really well established footprint, one of the most well attended um you know uh one of the most well attended mll teams um certainly the the july 4th uh fireworks extravaganza they had every year was used to set records for the mll attendance it was just a great way to get people that you know weren't necessarily um you know, they may not necessarily have been fans, but it was just a, a great event. So, you know, just from, from, from that standpoint, obviously, you know, a, a bit of a bummer to see, see that organization go away, but it, you know, uh, understandably they've acquired the, the, the logos and a lot of the, yeah, the right. IP, so to speak of, of all the teams, you know, the, the Bayhawks, the outlaws and, um, and so forth. So I think, uh, you know, a lot of the people, um, or, you know, some of the chatter that I've been seeing is, you know, people questioning why of all the teams that were available, why the Boston Cannons and now just the, the, you know, the Cannons Lacrosse Club, why that got ported over and, and none of the others. Well, this is, again, this is my um, uh, opinion at it coming at from a, from a spectator view, but a couple of things. One, um, obviously with the MLL, um, you know, MLL ownership, um, kind of being based out of the cannons, you know, um, office, you know, that's, it's understandable that that was, I think that's a, that's an easy dot to, con you know, a couple of easy dots to, to connect there. But beyond that, I think, 
you know, understandably, there's people that are upset that, you know, why not the outlaws? Why not the Bayhawks? Why not this? Right. And you can, there's a million different ways you can slice that. But the bottom line is let's look past our noses here. Right. I mean, this is just so, so, so fresh. And it's not like they haven't considered adding and they have a plan to add more franchises. Right. But they want to scale effectively in this big transition. Right. So in order to do that, you don't want to just dilute the situation or scale too fast. And, um, and then you've got, you know, there's going to be growing pains, I imagine with, with, with shifts in, in culture and in, in, in organizations kind of getting, getting together. So there's that cluster that's going to happen. Right. 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 So I, I think it's, you know, I think it's the right move. Maybe could they have added one more team? Maybe. Um, but again, that's behind the scenes stuff, but just looking at from, from outside in, you know, we're going to see some teams get added here over, over the next few years. So, you know, it's easy to kind of be hurt that your team didn't get added, but it will. Okay. Um, the other, the other possible challenges that I'm seeing, um, with this, um, you know, the, I think the, the city based, franchise you know the the traditional kind of franchise model right mm-hmm. the local teams uh, the local team right yeah. you know it's the denver outlaws right versus the you know whips whip snakes lacrosse club um you know it's it's i think the <clears throat> you're not planning those roots right where you know if you have the san diego whip snakes or whatever it may be right you're planting roots there um, but I'll, I'll flip that over into the pro in a little bit, but ultimately, yeah, that could, that could serve as a, as a challenge when you're not, um, having some, some consistency on that, but there is a, there is definitely a, uh, uh, a flip side to that. Right. Um, I mean, I think, uh, again, I think those are kind of the two big keys there. Um, any, any thoughts on your end on, um, you know, cons or, or, or challenges or negatives of this move. I mean, right I, I, I think you never want to see people like out of a job or, you know, losing income. Um, that always sucks, especially in COVID times, right? Um, yep. We're in the middle of a pandemic as of recording this. And um, a lot of people have been laid off and they're trying to figure out their next move, pivot, you know, um, some people can't even like, you know, find meals, not saying that those people were part of the, uh, the MLL, but yeah, you never want to see something like that. Right. But again, it's, I think this comes like at the end of the day and it may sound really screwed up when I say this, but business is business. Right. And it's not always pretty. Um, everyone always doesn't like come out as the victor. Um, so, but I, but I think it's, you know, in the spirit of this podcast, I, I, I feel like overall it's great for the sport. Um, kind of hitting on some of the points, and you might talk about this later, right? But, like, the um, two things. One, the, the, the kind of, like, why Boston Cannons and why not the Denver Outlaws, you know, things like that. Like I, I do feel like there's a method to the madness, and a lot of this is still being... Um, you know, kind of 
we're not seeing the full picture just yet, right? Like we're only mm-hmm. we're six weeks into this, right? And it's I think these people, you know, um Paul, Mike, their team, their investors, like these people are smart. They're not they're not just um, you know, hacking stuff together and seeing what works, right? There's a reason why the PL has been so successful and they're even able to do this, right? So I think that there is um, you know, uh, kind of reflecting back on um, Mike's interview on inside the, the inside feed, uh, you know, they own all of the rights to these clubs um, or to, to these teams rather. And they, they want to be able to tell the story, right? Cause the MLL has, they really paved the way for professional lacrosse and mm-hmm. the ability to be able to tell those stories and the pioneers of the you know from the from the professional side of the game right and in the mll we have like over i believe it's like 20 years of history here right so um there's gonna they wouldn't be able to tell those stories of those athletes and you know their teams um without Right, they're not just going to bury these these club these clubs and these teams, right? They're they're going to resurface again in some form or way, and it's probably going to be on the media side in the form of storytelling. And you know, like, you know, my prediction is this: is that as teams roll out, they'll have kind of like a playbook and a formula for how they're sharing those stories, and then integrating those teams into the rollout, right? So. When you when the Denver Outlaws, you know, shift to whatever, maybe it's the Denver Lacrosse, you know, the Denver Outlaws Lacrosse Club, they're going to be able to tell the story of their history and and garner the attention and keep people engaged. Because one of the things and we talked about this before, one of the things that the PLL has done so well that, um, you know, I don't I don't I don't think we've seen in the sport, you know, two years ago. Uh, was that they've been able to capture these moments and tell these stories. And, you know, like it or not, social media dominates the landscape of sports, right? Like mm-hmm. yep. everybody's on Twitter, everybody's on Instagram, now Clubhouse. So like when, you, when you're able to tell those stories, it's like it goes beyond the field because you can only watch a game until the game's over. But like the stories and the um, – the 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 things that happen outside of the field on social media is how you bring people to the sport so i don't think they're just going to bury these names i don't think they're just going to bury these people that you know were were, helped build these dynasties that would be kind of silly because then you don't get to tell the story so I, i think it's 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 very strategic and it sucks right right now because we don't understand what's going on behind the scenes. Right. Sure. Um, but I think in the long term, like these, you're going to see these names again, right? Like it, it, it only makes sense. It's just not going to happen right away because, um, you know, like think of from an infrastructure standpoint, what if they just rolled out all of these teams, right? Like, do they have the infrastructure for that? Do they have the budget for that? Right. Like everything yeah, is the resources, yeah, the staff, yeah. the employees to, to be able to support that. And, and, and I'm sure they're, they've thought through this. So um, I'll just yep. say that. And then the other piece was you mentioned, uh, and you might be going into this later, but you did mention that, uh, you know, like being uprooted and not having like 
like a, a home, like a city to rep, right? Like yep. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? You, you, you know them as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Everybody's rocking the pirate gear. They got the ship. Um, uh, Raymond James Stadium, that's where it goes down, right? Like in your mind, yep. like you're if you've been a Bucks fan, like it's always been the Tampa Bay Bucks. So you 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 maybe you lose some of that, but on the flip side, I think the advantage that the PLL had, uh, you know, when they started this, is not being like home-based local teams, and that allowed them to travel. What you could yep. see in the future is a reverse of that. So as you scale out and you have multiple teams, you can kind of cherry pick the best markets, right? You can have a team in Las Vegas. You can have a team maybe in Orlando, Florida. Um, maybe you can have a team in Miami. You can go to these non-traditional lacrosse, um, you know, markets where over the years you, you, you like, I guess many moons ago, right? Like when, when you, when you started playing, you didn't have a, a, a fan base there. But now you can actually go and cherry pick these markets and put and install teams and make them local teams as the sport grows. So I think you're going to see a reverse of of the clubs and you're going to start to see home bases as the sport grows. Yeah. And I think that kind of leads me into the, the positive side of not having the, the kind of the city based franchise model is the the fluidity and the ability to approach new markets, as you said, and you know, for, forgive us for not knowing the um, exact in and outs of the PLL model, and it very well could be that's what they that that's what they had out from from the get go from a a cost standpoint, where um, maybe the overhead of having to rent or or purchase or build, God forbid, a, a you know from from the get go a stadium that you know that requires maintenance and all that stuff, but it's, it's kind of this, you know, rent as you, um, pay for what you use kind of model. But again, I, I agree with you. I think that this allows them to test markets in, uh, in a more fluid way than, you know, with, with, with the MLL, I think they, that was one of their key, uh, uh, you know, the, one of the key things that they tried to do with the all-star game in particular, they, they bring it to, um, you know, places like, um, uh, you know, uh, Atlanta, you know, Georgia and, and, and places in Texas and Houston and, and these kind of non-traditional markets. Um, so I think hopefully that's kind of what the, what the PLL is really, um, trying to do. And hopefully they're not, I mean, in theory, it, it, it makes sense, right? I mean, if, if you can, um, find a way to, um, you know, uh, bring it to, to New York city to, yeah. you know, when was the last time they had a professional outdoor professional lacrosse game in, in New York city more on a regular basis. Right. Um, so the traveling circus, not to, not to devalue <laughs> the league by any stretch by calling it that, but you know, it allows them to, uh, you know, approach these markets. And like you said, down the road, maybe they start, planning routes when they when they've done the the market research and and they see where yeah. the the best opportunities for 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 growth are going to be so hopefully that that continues to evolve um speaking of pros as well as far as the uh, the positives of this i think you know personally i think they outweigh like i said the the 
negatives of the of the whole deal but the the big one really is just the consolidation right the the consolidation of the two big outdoor professional powers so to speak um i think streamlines a a, a couple things one for sure is that the fan base there's no confusion for new fans getting into the sport and, and trying to decide and understand well, why are there two leagues what's going on here now they have one hub one place, one foundation, right? Yeah. Um, from a player standpoint, you know, there was obviously confusion and big decision-making on which draft to enter and timing and all this stuff. So that's going to consolidate, um, you know, help help them, you know, make, make better decisions because there's really only, you know, do I or do I not kind of do the, now it's indoor versus outdoor. And then the, the seasons are, you know, those seasons don't necessarily stack. So, um, I think Mike Rabel brought up a really good point that um, when you have one hub, one league, then there's obviously going to be less seats at the table, meaning that there's going to be the people who end up getting spots are the ones that deserve it via talent, hopefully. I mean, in in theory, that's the way you want a, a league to grow and go is that you get the top talent. Now, when this, the talent pool, however big it might be, can only funnel into one place, that's obviously going to drive the level of talent in a positive direction. And there's going to be a lot better competition, which in turn is going to help the viewer and the fan enjoy watching the games. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I think those are kind of the key key things for me that make it seem um you know a lot more uh, of a of a positive deal and we'll see what kind of growing pains we we work through this year and next year as as the two organizations you know combine and, and move forward yeah I, I agree with that i think you're gonna see the the highest caliber of talent right it's like the the creme de la creme of lacrosse right there's really there's nowhere else to go. That's it. Which you know, yeah. if you're mediocre, like uh, like me over here, <laughs> mm-hmm. you don't you don't stand a chance anymore, right? Like you just yeah. like the dream, the ship has sailed, right? Like maybe there's there's another opportunity, or you get better, right? You you either rise yeah. to the top or you don't, you know. Which yeah. is, you know, like that's just is what it is. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, on that note, I mean, it's it's certainly a positive. I think for the fan. And for the um, the league itself, from a growth standpoint, I think it's going to hurt. You know where where the MLL um, I think was, you know, at least in the last couple of years, was able to provide an opportunity to people that may not have had an opportunity to actually play or at least get on a roster, right? I mean, and in, in, in f- f- fulfill a dream and um, get a lot more playing time post-collegiately you know what i mean it's you know from, from that standpoint that will that will go away at least in the interim when when there's such a you know like i said there's less teams to choose from and go to right. so you know the the top talent's going to get selected right. right so um but yeah guys like um guys like you <laughs> washed up husbands like me or never was as i like to say um so, but yeah, I, I, again, I think, I, I think we're going to see a, um, 
you know, I think, I think this is kind of removing a bit of a, uh, a linchpin on evolving the professional side of the sport. And, and ultimately what we want to, you know, continue to do is bolster that growth at the top levels with, you know, as much growth as we can at the, at the grassroots community level, which is, you know, these are the conversations that, that we're trying to go to. So it's really, you know, had to obviously address it from a, from a growth standpoint and, you know, it's definitely in the right direction. Yeah, I, I think we're both on the same page with that. I mean, it, it ruffles feathers, obviously. Um, you know, people, uh, you know, we don't play for a living, right? So, like, if you play for a living and that was your income, obviously you probably have a different opinion about it. But as, you know, kind of our philosophy of, like, growing the game, you know, the sport, right? Like, expansion, um, access, uh, resources, um both at the collegiate youth and well, all three levels, uh, this this ends up being something that's you know long term, you know I think great for the game. So, yep. Well, uh, we'll continue to keep an eye at it and see see how it evolves. But um, I've got confidence in the guys who are doing it based on what I've seen the last couple of years. And you know, I like to say. I think I addressed this maybe in a previous podcast, but we're we're basically where the NFL was <laughs> in the 40s, 50s. I was thinking that maybe. too. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of where we're at. I mean, the, the the professional side of this league started 20 years ago. You know, um, obviously things move a little faster nowadays than they used to, but still, I mean, you got to you got to put things in into perspective. And you know, I think I think they're evolving this was just kind of the next evolution of, of outdoor professional cross, in my opinion. So let's get it. Let's get it. All right. Thanks for sticking with us again, guys. Um, feel free to subscribe and share the the content. And uh, again, we'll put some links to those podcasts that we mentioned. If you want some more um, detailed um, in-depth coverage of, of uh, the merger. Yeah. Check us out on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend, because this is growing the game, baby. So let's grow. Let's grow. Thanks, guys.